welcome to the New York Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-host, Rocky. We'll be talking with Luca, the New York Rangers writer for Inside the Rink. As you know, we're part of their podcast network. We'll be talking to him about trade deadline day as you're listening this Monday morning. There's a lot to be expected today with Rangers possibly trading for players. Example, Kessel, Kopp, Raquel. We'll be speaking about who we believe they'll get. And we'll be talking about the past two weeks about Drury's philosophy of that. Maybe he's trying to get more value deals rather than going for the big fish and also discussing, you know, where there are big fish to be had in the first place. We're talking about, again, Drury's philosophy with the, the offseason too. What is his, you know, master plan based on trying to connect the dots from what we've heard from sources and as we've seen just in general from him. But first, a quick word from our show sponsor, and then we'll get right to it. And now a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for the 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. And we are back. We're with Luca Perito of Inside the Rink, Rangers writer. Luca, how's it going? Uh, really good after this weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, with Tampa, Carolina, back-to-back, both wins, you got you to feel good about that. I mean, it's just also like the thing that's – obviously the – the thing that's impressive about both wins, and I'm not going to go too deep into the games uh, just because they're two full-on games, but the fact that they were able to – they played really, really tough games. It was playoff-type atmospheres in both games, and they didn't back down at all. Um, and that's something that we've seen day or night in and night out from this team all year uh, – and even Georgiev got in on the fun too tonight. So that it's just, it's just been a really amazing season. It's really fun. Yeah. And I, these games, especially um, at coming to the end of the season, you know, as Rangers fans, Luca and Jacob, we both, <laughs> we all know it's not, this is not the point in the season when we're suddenly expecting the Rangers play to go up, you know, we're never expecting that to happen. And, and to be able to play these back to back against the lightning and hurricanes where we all looked at it and went, uh, this is not going to be good. And for them to play at a level where I can't say equal, but survival level in these games and to come out with two wins is, is absolutely amazing for their confidence and for their in general, you know, winning to be able to try to get to a higher seed. It, uh, the, the thing that, I mean, I don't know if you guys felt this at all tonight, but it felt like, tonight more so than last night but tonight it felt like uh i had like flashbacks to like watching lundquist playoff games where they just packed it in and he's just getting bombarded with every shot possible so it it was just it it was a it was a nice feeling you know well i absolutely you know what i'll tell you something I, i was literally thinking to myself like the rangers don't have a problem with teams just you know uh shooting their brains out at your goalie they don't that's not something that the Rangers are not used to. They've been outshot by teams time after time after years after years. They've been having this problem of giving up a lot of shots. They always have a lot of shots against. Uh, and this is and this is something the Rangers are used to. The problem is on the other end, the offensive end, and they were just better. 
today on the offensive end, getting the goals to actually go in. You know? Well, I mean, what's it called? With Carolina, regarding the whole Lundqvist thing, I had PTSD with, you know, the AV, you know, the whole turtle mode where he just says, all right, guys, pack it in, shut it down on all sides. Just give them the least quality shots and hope to God that we somehow pull this off. I mean, if you remember with Mark Stahl and Nick Holden pairing against Ottawa, all that, like it, it just felt so much like that this game. Listen, versus Tampa, I felt like they played a full 60. I oh, really yeah. feel like they deserve to win that. But this game was like, yeah, no, we didn't deserve this to win this in the slightest. This was pure Georgiev. And I mean, what a win. What a performance by him, especially before the trade deadline. We'll discuss that after. But, you know. A lot oh, of for teams- sure. Yeah. Sorry. No, I just wanted to jump on that, too. And you could tell, uh, especially, I mean, like, look, the Carolina dominated this game for prolonged stretches of the game. You know what I mean? It, it was Carolina's a really impressive team, but it looked like a 60 minute power play. Oh, for sure. And <laughs> but the, the, the thing that I, oh, what is it? The thing that is so impressive uh, or not so impressive, but rather, but the thing that was striking or striking to me was the fact that you could tell really in the third period, the Rangers played last night, you know, you could oh, tell yeah. like they, 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 they didn't have their legs in them for whatever, you know, um, and Carolina, you know, I know it was their, I think Sam said it was their third game in four nights, but they had last night off. Um, and so, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, playing back to back and getting on a flight right after the game in Tampa, you know, you don't want to make excuses, but you know, that's, these guys are human beings. I was expecting um, a six to one loss, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> With Georgiev, I was, I would have bet the over if I was. I bet I, yeah. oh, I lost money tonight. Yeah, I feel like everyone did. Again, everyone bet that, Jacob, yeah. come on. <laughs> I, I, I mean, look, I, I bet D'Angelo would get a point. I bet Jesper Faust would get a goal. Um, I said Carolina would get a goal by the end of the first. Now, I know everyone's thinking you're a Rangers fan. How dare you? But come on, let's be realistic here. They have a bunch of ex-Rangers. It was inevitable. One of them was getting a goal. Somehow it didn't happen tonight. It's probably because I bet it. But so, you know. Yeah, I, I bet the when I, I went to the Blues Rangers game a few weeks ago, and I bet that Booch would get a goal, and of course he didn't get a goal because when I was there, so that that was annoying. Oh yeah, I thought he was getting a goal for sure. I don't know. He I don't know how both games he didn't get a goal. Yeah. By the way, um, just we're, while we're saying this, just because we're talking about Georgia with the goalie market, uh, Coyotes traded just now Scott Wedgwood to Dallas for a conditional fourth round pick in twenty twenty three. Oh, wow. We're, get, we're, get, right we're already getting to the live stuff over here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. no, so you said Scott Wedgwood to Dallas for a third rounder? Yeah. Oh, for a fourth rounder. Fourth rounder. Yeah, that just happened. I, I mean, that's interesting. That's a, like, that's a weird way because it does kind of set the market a little bit for Georgiev, doesn't it? Because yeah. Georgiev, who you'd think, would get a better return. Yes and no, because it's been told now that Connor Green told us all. Uh, he, yeah, he obviously gave us permission to say this. That teams aren't happy with the way he's been acting attitude wise. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you know, lowered his value. I know that sounds a little city, but yeah. listen, the teams are going to think what they think and they're not going to pay more. And there's no way they're not going to pay more. And there's no way to convince them of that. Uh, the Connor told us right before this, that the Rangers are looking, they want a second round pick or a active NHL player. However, realistically, it looks like they'd get a third or a fourth round pick. And I know that's kind of disappointing, but it is what it is. 
it's it's just interesting after tonight though does how Georgi have played make him easier or harder to trade so i once oh, Steve Alcat mentioned a player in Ottawa Anton for, Forsberg he's only 800k this year and he's mm-hmm. been his numbers have been fantastic i don't know why anyone's not trying to pick him up he would be fantastic not only for this year but i feel like he could be a, just a future backup for us yeah he's he has such a good under he's one of the most underrated backup goalies in the NHL i feel every time i see like just once in a while i see his name come up but no one talks about him because you know i i don't know i just for one some one of these reasons i mean he's in siberia of the nhl or the siberia right of the exactly NHL, so right exactly and then he was in columbus he was playing good there but then again it's in columbus yeah so yeah no i i think people might be disappointed with georgiev's return if he is traded uh, but just guys giving you a heads up, it's it might not be, you know, the return you think it is unless it's paired with other assets in a Rangers trade. Then that's I a mean, whole different story. I wouldn't I mean, even dating back to like the way he's played all year, I like I don't know, it's like I wouldn't expect the return to I mean a third round pick, I'd be pretty happy with that. Right. So I actually heard a rumor. This might everyone might have known this. I don't know how I didn't then, but it sounded like this was a known thing when I heard this from someone. I was told Two days ago, the Rangers were planning on trading Georgiev to Arizona right before Shesterkin got injured. Mm. And mm, when Shesterkin went down, they backed off of those trade talks very quickly. That makes well, sense. Yeah, I mean, you realize that. Like they were Georgiev close, close, had... like about to put in the trade call. Close. Wow, I'm saying, I'm saying you do realize that Georgiev has put in some very good work when he was behind the pipes. He did a fantastic job when Shesterkin was injured. We had a couple great wins with him. Uh, and a lot of teams will look at Georgiev and say, this guy's, this guy's legit, you know, possible future great player. But the problem is he's also shown to really shown a lot of weakness many games. And not even against good teams, sometimes even against bad teams. And that's issue, not something. And now right. Jeremy Lazan is traded to the Preds. I, I, Rangers trade might happen live. That might cool. happen. Uh, the, the issue with Georgiev is that he needs to play like he needs not, not all the time, obviously, because no, no goalie na- nowadays plays, you know, 70 games. The, the, you know, he's only good when he plays consistently. Yeah. The, the days of Grant Fear playing 77 games in a season are, aren't happening anytime soon. But and you there's know, no job like that out there. No. There's no job where he's getting to do that. And that's exactly a hard market for him. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, it's, it's, he, in a way he, he has his moments like tonight where he just looks like he should be an NHL starter, but then he has his moments where he gives up, you know, five well, I mean, goals on I like 10 ask, shots. I want to ask you both of you a question. These past two and a half, three years with Georgiev, have you ever seen him do bad when he's played consistently? That's hard. Hold on, wait. My mind's in a pretzel right there. Say that again. Yeah. What? When Georgiev plays consistently the past two years. Now, I'm not talking about a one-off starter. When he played okay, consistently gotcha. the past two, three years, have you ever seen him off-off? No, I don't think he's – I think he – you know, he might have an off game here or there. But, like, other than that, I think he, he's right. pretty consistent. When you, I, I heard what you said. And I was just like, well, if he's playing consistent, he's not off. I I, I was confused. Right. No, yeah, yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> I, I see how that's a bit of a mix up. Uh, yeah, no, but the point is like, listen, it's not a knock on him. The just goalie mentality is one of the hardest mentalities in any sport. 
I mean, there is just some, listen, I, I, I don't compare anything to these guys. I don't hold a candle, forget a candle. I don't hold anything. Just, yeah. I, I'm an ice hockey goalie. If, if you don't play for a long stretch of time, it actually sometimes pays for you to get more shots. Because if you go 10 minutes without a shot, and then you see the, like, let's say you're, the shots against in the final game were 30 to 20, right? Yeah. And then there was a period stretch and they had shots on goal for the first period and third period, but not in the second. And you see in the third period, I let up three goals. That that shouldn't be shocking because it, it is so hard to always stay keep stay adjusted to the situation. It you it actually helps sometimes just to have pucks thrown on you once in a while to keep your head in the game. Because there are some times that Hey, what happened? He was so on in the first period, and now in the third period, he's just letting up shots. Well, yeah, because he, he didn't face a lot of shots. So I think into a lot wider perspective, you could take that for just, you know, in regular games. It's one You're completely right. And it's not even just like a sports thing. It's, it's in any kind of right. thing. It's a, it's a psychological right. thing that, like, when you're not as busy, take any job, for example. If you're a waiter and you're not that busy, that's when most of your mistakes happen because you're not focused. You know what I mean? Like you kind of like you, you, you kind of get lulled into that passive uh, mentality a little bit. So I understand exactly what you're saying. It's very difficult to keep that focus and that sharp mentality. And it's yeah. By the way, Carol Vigelmec in Arizona, uh, he is close to re-signing with Arizona. So that's possibly Georgiev out from them. Right. Right. They, they probably feel like he's, he's the future, but and while you guys were going through that, I was actually trying to, fit, you know, look at Georgiev's numbers. And one thing I noticed, I, I went to his, uh, his season from 2019-2020 where he started 32 games. That's the most games he started in his career. And he had that year uh, a uh, 0.910 um, save percentage. And I looked this year at this year's um, NHL leaders. And the top 20, I'll take number 20, which is Campbell, who has a 9.914 uh, uh, save percentage. Now, let me explain you something. That's mean, that means that if Georgiev was starting like a person like Campbell, like a person like that, he would actually be a decent goalie taking the way he plays. And he's only gotten at least a little better. Uh, his although his number uh, numbers and save percentage has gone down, he's also played less games um, and and faced more shots in those years. Uh, but being that is so, it, it just shows you Georgiev, like you're saying, Jacob, with a consistent play, does play well. But there's no job out there for Georgiev to be traded for even a third rounder because no team is telling you well, that Georgiev's we have a job for this summertime. guy who, when he starts one game for us is going to give us that great start. He's a guy that when he comes in on that start, has a hard time. He needs to be able to constantly have that puck being shot towards him. And if that's true, you know, we're, who's making that move for him, especially if you add in what Connor Green is saying with his attitude problems. So, but this is the thing that, I, I mean, like, look, if I'm a team like, uh, I mean, Toronto's kind of out of it now because they just signed that other Russian goalie, which, I mean, take advice or, you know, follow what the Rangers and lightning and everyone else does nowadays, just get a goalie from Russia. That's it. Just get a goalie from Russia and all your problems are solved. Um, Except Washington. I, very true. <laughs> but how, I mean, it's, it's really ridiculous. The amount of like 
top flight goaltenders that are coming from Russia. It's, it's funny because like 10 years ago, that was actually Russia's weakness. Yeah. That's- it was like what Nabokov was their goalie in the Olympics and he was the reason why they were losing. Right. Right. And who else was there? Um, it's blanking on me now. Now they have what? They have Shesterkin, Vasilevsky, Bobrovsky when he's on is insane. Sorokin. Sorokin. Uh, we're probably I mean, blanking on a major one. We're but. we're blanking, and I literally, it's it's I could literally just if I could like just pull up the teams, I could figure yeah, go it for out. It. Um, uh, no, but we we can keep we can keep talking, yeah. But it's just it's just one of those things. I mean, go to Russia and just get a goalie. That's it. It's it's pretty simple. That's it. Um, but well, I forgot where I was. Or or you're the Rangers. Whoever you trade, just is automatically going to be good. Varlamov is also Russian. Yeah, oh, there we go. Uh, That's another one. Sounds Irish. <laughs> Well, you, you do have Vasilevsky as well. So yeah. I don't know if he mentioned that. So yeah. speaking of what's called, let's go back to the past two weeks. Uh, we've seen a bunch of these trades go down. A lot of fans are saying, why isn't Jury going all in? And then you got another side that's saying, don't trade anything. We're not good this year. This is just Shesterkin. That's not, we're not good. Um, based on what we've heard from Connor Green, based on what we heard from insiders, I think we could put the pieces you know, together and explain to everyone that's listening. Um, it seems like Chris Drury is only going for the valued players, meaning that he's only going to go to players that he doesn't have to overpay for and, or, or even overpay for it. Just any big player guys that you don't have to trade your top tier prospect, unless he feels like he could resign them. It does. However, the market, unfortunately this year hasn't been the greatest hurdle resigned. So that's right out of there. Drew nixed to trade actually to the New York Rangers and the Boston Bruins. So that's out. So there's not really much you could ask Drury to do besides, uh, d- yeah, just getting those valued, uh, valued, uh, valued players. So I, I kind of, I, I still think that like you can go look the, the term all in. Excuse me. Uh, the term all in is it's interesting because like what when people say they want him to go all in. Do they think he's going to be able to capitalize or utilize all 32 million? That's going to be an absolute physical impossibility um, to bring in $32 million of salary onto this team. That's one. Two, like I kind of understand the thought process of he's not going to trade away Niels Lundqvist or Zach Jones or prospects that are highly touted for a six month rental. If you're going to get, and I kind of tend to agree with this theory, at least that, if you're going to trade away those players, you have to get some type of term coming back. You can't just do those for rentals. I think he'd have no problem trading draft picks for rentals or a B-level prospect for a rental. Or like, like, like I Robertson. Think, yeah. Like, or like tomorrow, I think, honestly, I think Kessel's coming to New York tomorrow. Oh, um, I, I really feel, yeah. I, I, I completely, you it's know. It's the perfect valued trade because what we're talking about is, yeah, it's got to be a valued deal, meaning yeah. that's why for Toronto with the fourth round pick, you know, it's actually smart because I think I spoke to this Shaggy beforehand. I think I also asked this to you. If the Vetrano deal happened after the Hagel trade, do you think he goes for a fourth or maybe a right. third or a second? Right. Well, he, that's a really good question. I didn't even think about that. But the thing is, too, is Florida needed to get that trade done first because they needed to clear the cap space to get Giroux and uh, Chirot. Didn't they get Chirot? No, no, no. Hagel deal. Not, not, the, not the Drew deal. Hagel went to Tampa. 
No, I know, but I, I'm saying. Oh, Florida, you're saying for Vitrano? Oh, I got you. I got yeah, you. Yeah, for Florida needed to get rid of his cap number before right. they could bring oh, anybody you. in. So like that stuff had to happen. You know, A had to happen before B. Yeah. So oh, but Hagel too. Yeah. You're right. Hagel also. The thing with Hagel though is because he is so young and he's probably better than Vitrano. He uh, got more for than yeah. when we traded McDonough and JT Miller to the Lightning. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was. You also realize. You also realize that. Coming into this year, let's let's refresh for a second. Jacob, By the way, I'm discussed... sorry, I apologize for interrupting. Jeff Merrick just posted, still waiting on Avalanche, Blues, Hurricanes, and Rangers to make their big moves. I feel like the music is winding in the direction. Teams are running out of chairs. But yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, it, it, it seems like, you see, this is the thing. A lot of insiders are saying, okay, I'm ready for the New York Rangers to you know, do something big. The truth is, from what I've heard from a lot of people, insiders this year especially really don't know what's going on with the New York Rangers. They're just they're just speculating. Maybe a few do, but it, it seems like that not everyone understands where Drury's going, and it's just all you have to do is connect the dots with his trades. And you see, look, Giordano. Well, Giordano was a good move, but listen, Drury's not going to pay that much. And then you see with Hagel, there's no way the Rangers are trading that much. Drew, you didn't stand a chance, and Hurdle was the only one that they would consider if they could resign him. They couldn't, and San Jose resigned him. So. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. Uh, go I was gonna say, do you think that Giordano that deal was an overpayment? Um, hold on, let me bring it up again. I just want to refresh my memory here. I think it was two second rounders and one third rounder for two seconds Colin and Blackwell. a third. Yeah, for Colin Blackwell and Mark Giordano. So no, but here's the thing: I don't believe Droy would have. Meaning, I'm starting to have a suspicion that if he doesn't have that. I've been hearing rumors today about a possible Calvin DeHaan, which I, I, I don't want him at all personally. I, I really don't. I think that would be a terrible move. I think that's just uh, old-fashioned management saying, oh, he must be good. Yeah, he would be good 10 years ago. He's not good now in this speedy you know, NHL game. So I, I just feel like Jury's looking for those value when he sees possible getting Calvin DeHaan for only like a fourth-round pick. He's like, why am I paying more? Because in his eyes, he believes that it's still the trade. So well, why, in his eyes, would he trade that much for Giordano when he could get to Han? Now, it doesn't make sense to us because that makes absolutely no sense. we got to understand the perspective of Chris Drury. And if we refresh really to, to the beginning of the year, Jacob, where we, you know, in episode number one, we, we try to figure out where, what's a successful season, what we want to be brought out of the season. I think it's season. all changed. It's all changed, number one. And number two, you also realize coming into this year, you had somewhat of a rebuild. You brought, you got rid of a bunch of pieces. Well, the mandate was to make you know, the playoffs. Correct. And at this point, it's like one second. The playoffs were there. Okay. The question is, how far can we get to the playoffs? Can we make the cup? And showing, especially from tonight's game against the Hurricanes. Okay. And especially after that win against the Lightning, in which both games, things were not all perfect. And they still landed up winning the game. That just shows you that the Rangers need to make that extra push and say, okay, let's, let's, let's bring in another piece. And that really gives me to, to my interest that Drury is thinking, I can't destroy the system of what we have here. If we go all out, but land up. But what does it mean pieces, all out? Name me one player that you think they could have done the big fish. Because what we're trying to say is that well, there's I'm no saying big They're not going to destroy taking a heatle and trading him where we were even thinking of that. Right, but Number. my point is that there was no big fish in the first place because Hurdle Rose resigned and Drew nixed the trade here. 
He said, no, I do not want to go to New York. He didn't say it in those words. I don't want to, you know, but basically that's what he said because it was, it was out of respect for the Flyers. Right. It was out of respect for the Flyers. And he also nixed to trade to Boston Bruins. The Rangers could have beat anyone for Giroux. Yeah. yeah. They're one of the top prospect systems in the league. They could beat anyone well, on any that, this is, I think that I think that what Drury is doing is I think uh, I think Just value Jake, deals. I, I think Jake hit it right on the head though. I think that a lot of those bigger players kind of have already fallen through, you know, whether it was the uh, re-signing or, uh, you know, Giroux, the no movement clause, all that stuff. So I think Drury's probably saying, why am I going to trade any of these A-level prospects that we have for rentals when he can probably, remember, Strom is not signed yet. He's thinking probably, you know what? He's probably thinking I in the long term. To, yeah, he's, he might have to flip Lundquist, Jones, whoever it is during the summer for a 2C or someone like that. Um, so I think that that's probably also what he's thinking. Those deals aren't going to happen now, though. Those deals are going to have to happen during the summer. So what but that doesn't help for this year when we're trying to rebuild. Doesn't matter. We're trying to get this I, team to the next point. I understand that. But if there's no one to trade for right now, what would you like him to do? You know what I mean? No, like, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not expecting him to take pieces and to just throw them at teams like, oh, we're, we're, we're all in. Just take everything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the word, uh, you know, the word. Like team, if Hurdle was available and the Rangers didn't go after him. Yeah, no, I pissed. think they did go after him. I think the Sharks just right were looking. Oh, they for did such go after him. There was, was no ridiculous. question. Yeah, no. I mean, the, he they they went after him as much as they could. You know what I mean? Like if a guy resigns with a team, that really has nothing to do with. And, you know. and in fact, Jacob, you know, to your point of just like all the big names were gone. I'm not. I guarantee you, the Rangers checked into all those players. I guarantee you, the Rangers offered deals to all those players. Well, I, I know they offered. I know they inquired on Lecton in a bunch of times. But okay, Jerry wants so, the moon. Right, but you realize that the Rangers are not even with the deals they're giving. I mean, number one, our team's not, not interested in a guy like Kravtsov. Is there something wrong with Kravtsov? We don't really realize that maybe he... Well, of course there's something uh, wrong Psychologically, with yes. Of course there's something <laughs> wrong with Kravtsov. He's a guy that had the reputation of leading twice to the KHL. Is it his fault or not? I don't care. I'm just focusing on what the yeah. team thinks. It, it, so it's we, a terrible look. Right. It's not a good look. So you'd be people are here are going to say, oh, he should have a lot of value. Uh, I hate to break it to you, man. He does not have a lot of value at all no. whatsoever. And but, there, but on the other hand, he's still, he's still the one of the best players in the system. Doesn't matter. Technically, you technically, if you throw him in a deal with a first round pick, the people they'll be like, let's try. That him could out. probably get you Andrew Cop. Okay, that's that's an interesting name because Andrew Cop actually plays all three positions. Um, and he also, um, he's also a pretty good rental to have for this team. He also, I, I was, I was thinking about cop a lot. Uh, and I mean, look, I, I obviously don't watch Winnipeg enough. I mean, it's, it's Winnipeg. Um, <laughs> right, it's, it's, they don't even have yeah, an airport. Yeah. I mean, and well, do you know that like they're called the Jets because the aviation capital of Canada is in Winnipeg, which is ironic if they don't have an airport. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, the, I don't really watch them at all, but you know, you look at his numbers and you you say he'd fit in perfect this year on a third line. And quite possibly he might even be a good guy to look into filling into that two C spot next year. I have no idea. I'm just thinking that, you know, you try and get someone to fill out the third line now, because that's what we're really going to have to do. I mean, I heard a bunch of, 
uh, things about like, you know, some fourth line or adding a few fourth liners. Why would you add more fourth liners? This that doesn't make any seven, sense. This team has 75 fourth liners. Okay. Like you don't need another one. All right. You got Johnny Broadway and Johnny Brzezinski playing on the third line. And you know what? I love watching him play. He actually he played is really pretty solid. He played, he's, and especially tonight, yeah. he actually was the ones getting some, uh, the one getting some shots off. Actually. He's, he's, a you know, it's, he's been very underrated the past few games. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I just, I, love I know it sounds nuts, but he is. Yeah, I know. Like beginning of the year, if you would say the Rangers were on pace for 50 wins and Johnny Brzezinski would be playing on the third line in March, right before the trade deadline, I would have laughed. Um, but it's, I, I think you got to look at like just like adding a Kessel um, tomorrow. I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see that you, uh, Shragi, you mentioned Winnipeg. It's going to be really interesting to see what Winnipeg does because Winnipeg is one of those swing teams where if they fully admit that they're out of it, like not, I know they're out of it this year, they're probably out of it this year, but if they fully admit that, like, you know what? it's time to like kind of rebuild a bunch of different things in this organization. There's a few pieces there that could be really interesting. Stasny is one. Paul Stasny would be a great third liner for the rest of the season. Right. He's old though. I I understand that. But I mean, like you, you, this team is so young adding an old guy is not a bad idea. No, no, no. I don't mean like that type old. I mean, he's been slow. I I can't, you know, I've watched some of these jets games. I can't say that he's like the guy to bring in even over, even over Kessel. He, he, no, you're, you're not wrong on that because you know what? Uh, the one team that, or the one thing that this team really does lack is team speed in general. Um, it, it's, it's something that is kind of, you, you look at like when, when, it, when we played Colorado, Colorado was like just swimming around us, like sharks around like, you know, chum. It was insane. Um, I don't know. I, you're right though. Speed is definitely something that I think if you, are looking at a few different characteristics of what you would like to add tomorrow. I think that is one of the things. So yeah, well, I, I completely yeah, understand that. Raquel, Raquel is that speed guy, but I'm not going to get to him yet. Yeah. The reason why I find that bringing a guy like Coppin who plays all three positions. And I think even a re-signing him would be actually a possibility. Cause I'm also thinking to myself that whoever we bring, sorry, we got cut off there, but bringing someone in like Andrew Cop who's a rental and somebody who's a complete completion pit, uh, a completion uh, player for a team is a player that to me, I say, I don't want to just bring in any rental. I want to bring in someone who ne- let's say the Rangers make second round, they play hard and they get to, you know, game six, game seven, they get out and they say, you know what, Rangers, let's run it back. And it's a simple re-sign somebody not crazy expensive. That'll be someone with under the cap and somebody that in general could add to this team as well as someone that the Rangers would really want to re-sign. And with pieces like Cop out there and possibly, uh, you know, someone like Raquel, those are, are actually players that are going to not be a crazy cap hit and they could add a real lot with just being a rental for this year. You know, I, I'm saying Luca and I, Luca and I were discussing all fear that in general, uh, so Mason Appleton just went for a mid-round pick, right? Interesting. So you would think to say that. Um, okay, I'm t- so he also reported. I'm told that just have two second-round picks tabled for Andrew Cobb, but are looking for a first tomorrow. Now I'm wondering if that's, that's Rangers. the Rangers. If that's, that's the Rangers, Rangers offer. Um, but you know what? Also, the Rangers have two first round or two second-round picks to give up too. Well, Luca, what right from the St. Louis deal also. 
Well, Luca, what does that tell you with them getting Appleton? What, what does that tell you, really? Where who, where did Appleton go? I'm sorry. The Jets the Jets are getting Appleton You reacquired back. him back. Re-acquired what does that tell you? Does that mean they figure a cop is gone? Uh... I, I mean, I don't, you, you follow, you've seen them a lot more than me. I would assume that does. I don't necessarily know how old Mason Applebottom or App, not Applebottom, uh, Appleton, uh, Mason Appleton. Yeah. Mason Applebottom. I don't know. I don't know how old he is. I don't know if, you know, he fits into their future plans or whatnot, or if it's just really a, you know, just a stopgap for the, from here till the end of the season. But, you know, Winnipeg is just an interesting team because they've really, I, I think a lot of people thought they were going to be really good this year and it, their head coach just like resigned middle of the year in a really weird way. Um, and it, it's just an interesting team because they have so many good pieces. Shifley, no one's even mentioned. Um, and, that, that's more of an off season move. That's not a move that'll happen. Probably. Now. Yeah. Uh, but he, I mean, like you talk about a cap hit, like that I would, if we're going to look at, uh, you know, uh, a two seed or a place Strom, that's the guy I think. Well, you um, also realize that a team like you also realize that a team like the Winnipeg Jets have players that have not played up to their real potential. Yeah. You know, like for example, like Blake Wheeler was amazing last year, and he has sort of like I think I think Winnipeg's gonna take it to the offseason to decide: are they rebuilding or are they going competing? If they're rebuilding. A lot of these guys you're gonna see. I'm not talking about Kyle Connor. I'm not talking about Nikolai Ehlers. I'm not talking about any of those guys. I'm talking about a guy like Shifley. I'm talking about yeah. a guy like possibly. I don't know about Blake Lear because he's such a leader there, and sometimes that's the exception to the rule. It's hard but, to trade a captain. Right, exactly. But unless you're just, the Rangers. <laughs> unless you're the Rangers. But besides that, I, I think those are offseason moves, what we're talking about with Winnipeg. I, I mentioned to you, I don't know, I think I mentioned to both of you guys, what a really good idea would be is if they get Shifley in the offseason, he has two years left at – something like that. Yeah. Right. His his contract ends immediately when Truba's no trade clause gets changed to a modified no trade clause. That's when you trade out Truba's cap. You use 2 million of that to extend Shifley to what 8.5 or something like that. You have 6 million then to play with, with your free, with your restrictive free agents and your UFAs, not including the money you have off the books from Nemeth. Uh, the buyout from the uh, Lundqvist deal, which and all that, which would be combined with two million, and as well as Georgiev out of here, which obviously this is in the longer, but just to show you, it is very, very possible to have this type of plan. You have then six million. Schneider slides up right there in Truba's spot as we've envisioned him to be because he looks basically the mold of Jacob Truba, and yeah. it makes a lot of sense to go after him. But obviously, yeah, we're talking about trade deadlines now. Uh, that's a story for another day, but it, it makes a lot of sense to do. Now, in regards to these value trades, it seems like Appleton got like a mid-round pick for him. So this is telling me, I, I think Drury, I, I think either one of her Keller, uh, a Kessel is a Ranger by tomorrow at 5 p.m. I don't think it's a question anymore. And if they aren't, I, I gotta, it's got to then be cop. The reason why I'm not so confident on cop is because we've both been on a chat with Connor Green. It seems like Boston really wants to go after him. Yeah. Un- unless they go after someone else. If you see Boston make a trade with someone else, then it opens up room for Andrew Cobb with the Rangers, who I personally liked him because I mentioned to this with a guy who's very connected with the Rangers. I like the way Florida molded their team. See, they didn't trade for the biggest of the baddest of fish on, 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 besides this year with Giroux. Yeah. Like the past few years, they got Sam Bennett to be the second or third line center. They didn't get the big fish. They got a guy that would fit exactly in his defined role. That's why I didn't want Raquel necessarily because He's not meant for the third line. Andrew Kopp is. So it's, it's also of, right. 
No, sorry. I mean, it goes back to that. I don't know. I mean, if you guys like the movie Miracle, but it goes back oh, yeah. to that. It goes back to that quote that Herb Brooks says. He's, he goes, I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right players. Right, exactly. Um, That's it, what it, I want. It's, yeah, it's, 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 look, it's a puzzle. You know what I mean? Like these GMs are trying to put the right pieces in the right places. These coaches are shuffling the pieces all around the entire season, as we've seen with Gallant. Um, you know, it, it drives you insane as a fan. By the way, like, people are speculating the two second round picks are from the New York Rangers for Andrew Cop. I mean, if it, look, if you get two second round picks for Cop, or you get I, Cop I, for I two no seconds, with that. no, not no not a problem at all. And then also, you could you could also trade your third round pick or whatever it is for Kessel because that's what right. they were apparently requesting. And, and you still keep your first, yeah. And um, you, that's why. Also, here's the thing with that first round pick. That's why I know a first round pick is going to be offered because. Again, Jerry's playing the long game here. He's playing the summer. If you're at summertime before the draft, what's the most valuable piece to have on the table? That first, first round pick. A first round pick. But, um, but even more than that, you know, when I look at a first round like pick, Raquel, it's your top tier prospects. It, it, that, that's when you get something done. So I, unless, again, it was like a guy for Tomas Hurdle who they believed it was because they would be able to resign. Jerry's now moving that first round pick. He's not, there was no big fish to begin with. This market was a mess. This year, it was absolutely, it, it wasn't a big market. And if, listen, if they could get Andrew Cobb for two seconds, I'm all game. That's why, like, I'm looking for the right player, not the best player. Yeah. Now, you could even make the argument Cop is better than Raquel. I, I don't really know that. I'm not. Cop's a center. Right. Cop's a center also. Right. He's a center, but he couldn't. I thought Raquel was a winger. Sorry. Raquel's a winger. Raquel's a winger. And also, we met, we spoke to people that know uh, Ricardo Raquel. It seems like if he's not in the top six, he's not going to produce a lot. But Andrew Cop, is literally made to be a third line center. That's why go for the more defined player. Don't go for the best player. And it could be that Andrew Cobb is the better player, but you know, my point is that, right. Don't always go over the, after those type of guys, go, go after the one you feel like fit molds into your team. The best look, the, you got to look at like, you always see when teams make deep runs into the playoffs, they're making deep runs because they have a deep team. Like, look at the 2014 Rangers. Me and Shraga were talking when we had a little glitch uh, about the 2014 team. But who was the third line? Well, it was uh, it was Zook, Benoit Pouliot, and sorry, oh, the legend Benoit Pouliot. That guy was right? a legend. <laughs> that guy was awesome for like for one year. Came out of nowhere, and then he, he was like amazing. Four, yeah, and then his AAV in like Edmonton was like four million, and he just completely flamed out. Um, but yeah, no, I mean that was a great third line. And we don't have that third line to set them off into the next stratosphere quite yet. And I think that's what really is going to, if you want you looked this at team just to this little team. move with Petrano, yeah. you see how different they are just with a little bit more help on the depth. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because you hear everyone talking about like, Oh, they need to make, you know, three different moves. It's like, no, really one move has about 17 different domino effects if you're really not exactly exaggerating you know how much pressure these stars have because they have so little depth no wonder adam fox went on a cold streak for a month and lindgren was injured also and went on a cold streak hello these guys aren't getting no help they have zero zero depth they have zero depth on the on the obviously with the sammy sammy boy injury derailed that kind of philosophy with jury for that third line uh, and then Goudreau now had a slot up to the second a second line. So you lost two guys right there. Filipito yeah. is a mess without those guys. He's only realistically good on the wing. I, I know he's a center, but he's only good every single time I see him that he's good on the wing. Um, you know, I'll tell you something. I, I, I compare Raquel to, to Cop, I do, you know, player comparison wise. And Raquel has hit more and Raquel has been better on the power play. 
which are things that you would say, oh, Rangers, that's exactly what we want, a guy like that. But we have well, too many no, of those type of players. We already we have, have those, too many guys. Of those Exactly. We have too many of those type of players. Andrew Kopp, meanwhile, is a player who has actually been a pretty good passer. Okay, he's been pretty good at getting the puck around the ice, and that's something the Rangers need. I know that the Rangers seem to feel like they have uh, a pretty good five on five, which we know is not true. Okay, the five on five has been abysmal. And I'm asking Conor now if that's the Rangers offer on the table. There's two second round picks. We'll see. I, you know what? Putting two second rounders for a rental like cop who could really, by the way, be something way more than in Winnipeg. Cause it's very possible. The environment in Winnipeg could be down. And, and, and Luca, I, I think you noticed like the Rangers have a certain excitement in their locker room. Oh yeah. You don't want to ruin that. And no, I, I agree. And I, look, I, it's kind of follows into nice segue into this though. It's like, but I want, and this is, this might sound weird, but so I'll, I'll kind of paraphrase or change it afterwards. But like, I want, a few assholes in this locker room. People Let's who go. People Bring who them are, in. No, people who aren't so freaking polite. Now I'm talking about like being polite on the ice. Is it me or is it so freaking frustrating when every time someone gets a puck and they have like a pretty good angle at the net and then they just wait and pass. Everyone passes on this team. They pass. Now it's been doing that, unfortunately. By the way, can I curse on here or no? Because I'm like. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, go for it, go for it. Everyone has to go for it. All out. Luca's gonna go all out right now. Let's I mean, go. it is so fucking frustrating. Every time you see the Rangers pass the puck, like they have a golden opportunity to just shoot the puck, and it's like Panarin. People like Panarin who like have phenomenal shots. They're always passing, and it's so frustrating because like. I mean, that's like the one thing that this team needs is they need to get the pucks on the net. And I, I want that tomorrow. I want Kessel. Kessel's going to shoot the puck. He's not going to pass. Like, he's, he's, he's going to pass. Look how, he's not gonna look pass how much out. for Toronto, a what? guy that is, is not having the – like, he's, he's a third liner. And look how just his shooting mentality is and changing he didn't that miss second round. That. He didn't yeah. miss the open net. He didn't miss the open net. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I think, listen, we've discussed this philosophy of the past like 30 minutes that Drury clearly is not going after the big guns. There was no big guns to even begin with. And if there was even that, it would only be long term yeah. or, 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 you know, possibly guys he could resign. So it seems to be he's just getting valued deals. And from it seems like it seems like uh, Jeff Gordon wants the moon for Terry Lecton and they're comfortable keeping him because he's an RFA. So mm-hmm. I kind of throw that off the table right now. I would say that the Rangers are not getting him. I'm like 99% sure. I've had like two... Like, yeah, I've, I've had a person, I've had Connor Green has told me, yeah, it's not looking good. Regarding Andrew Cobb, again, if Boston's out of the mix, then possibly the Rangers can fit right in. But remember, the minute someone ups their trade, their ups their uh, trade offer, the Rangers aren't going to match it or raise it. That's what happened with Giordano today. The Rangers yep. were in on him, but the minute Toronto raised their offer, the Rangers were out. Same thing with Lindholm. We reported it a week ago or this week. The Rangers were absolutely in on Lindholm. But the minute Boston raised their offer, the Rangers were out. Why? Because the Rangers are only looking for value deals. And because everyone's overpaying for everyone, the Rangers are losing out on a lot of deals. And it's not a jury. It, it, it's very, very smart of jury to do this because it doesn't make sense. And obviously now you see it's okay. So what are the value deals? It's Kessel. It is Raquel possibly. It, Kessel really more than anyone else. Raquel has been reported that they want a first round pick, but I believe teams are trying to talk them down to a second and a, a mid tier prospect with Andrew Cobb. As we just said, someone reported that um, one team has an offer of two second round picks for Andrew Cobb. 
um, but they want a first round pick. I seriously doubt they get it the way this market's been heading, unless it's Boston. Although, did Boston just give up the first round pick for Lindholm, or was that uh, next Boston? Year's pick? Boston's given up so much stuff in the past two days. I have yeah, no idea. Yeah, I've got to assume. So, unless, I don't know how to have anything else. Right. I'd assume that that's the Rangers. I honestly, I. That that would shock me if Drury didn't match that. That's when I'd be shocked about that Drury wouldn't match that. Uh, so I got to think that that's them. Um, if Boston's out of the fold with Cop, then I believe they're out Cop. I believe Raquel, um, I don't know. With Raquel, it seems to me for some reason, Raquel's, someone's going to overpay for him. I don't know why. I don't feel like he's got to get a first, but I feel like he's got to get a first and a, a solid prospect, not just a mid tier prospect. So I believe it's Kessler Cop. I don't think it's Raquel anymore. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think I, the price tag on Raquel seemed a little too high from the beginning. For and me it doesn't for, make sense because it seems like Cop it's kind of better in some ways. Yeah, I think Cop fits our Perfectly. and Shraggy kind of uh, alluded to it earlier. I think uh, Cop fits what we're looking for a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could throw him on that third line and then move, uh, and then your wingers on that third line would be Heedle and Goudreau. Uh, and then I when Castle comes back, you have either Keto and Vetrano on those yeah. wings. Holy cow, man. Yeah. That's, that's all of a sudden a fast line. Vetrano's not that slow. Keto's not no. that slow. And with Hito's the Rangers, fast. Keto's fast. He just can't control the puck at all. I mean, right. fumbled, you saw, you saw tonight up and down the ice all Holy the time. Cow. He just gives it away. The Rangers time, had a four on two fast. and he just fumbled it tonight. I don't know. I'm I, like, what the hell are you doing? He is, um, he is the most infuriating player. because he, Cause he's you know, so he, good, but he doesn't put it together. Yeah, he. It's like every look. One out of like every hundred rushes up the ice, he's gonna pull some cool move and go around the guy and control the puck. But those other ninety nine times is like a shitty roller coaster ride because you know exactly. It's just like, oh, yeah, this is gonna happen again, and it happens exactly how you think. Right, exactly. So uh, basically, with this, is like imagine a one. Yeah, imagine a lineup. Keto. I mean, the Rangers aren't exactly a fast team. So if you have a speedy line of like the third line, and then imagine a fourth line of Goudreau, Rooney, and uh, what was that third player? Brodzinski. That's a Johnny really Broadway. That's a solid two top depth lines. Yeah. And then Kako, who's played his best with Panarin and Strom. Loff is emerging. He's already on a three point game streak. I, that's under the radar. He's looking yeah. really good. I, I think this team can do some serious damage. Listen, I'm not expecting them to win the cup. But if I'm any team in the East, there's if there's one team I do not want to face, if I'm one of the top teams, if there's one team I don't want to face the first round, it's the New York Rangers because they're they're gonna they're gonna really screw with you. I mean, you know, it's, it's I, pretty- I, I I don't know if you follow basketball. Luke. Do you follow basketball? Um, I I really dislike the NBA. All right, all right. So <laughs> I won't go there. I won't go there. Very simply, but. There's a certain team in basketball that has a pretty solid team that's right now in the bottom of this thing and bottom of the seeds and possibly in the playoffs are going to be playing one of the top, top teams. And it's not an easy thing when you have such a good team that yeah. is just like below the great teams, but they have a lot of scary pieces that are not easy. You don't want to screw with them. For, exactly. Yeah. For example, look at the Rangers. You don't want to always... That was with Columbus with last year. No one wanted I mean, to touch them. Right, yeah. but you realize... You also want to be careful with the Rangers. Their power play. Shesterkin alone. You think you could beat Shesterkin four games? This is, it's, it's such an interesting thing because like, it's, I look at this team and you look at, it's hard not to just compare, you know, I know we're only in like year one of the Shesterkin, what hopefully becomes the Shesterkin era, you know, but you look at the teams that Lundqvist had and you look at the teams that Shesterkin had. Oh, Oh, my gosh. What a difference. Lundqvist never, never, 
had a power play like this. The power play was the only difference is what he did had is that he had elite depth. That's the only reason why we beat Pittsburgh is that, yes, they had Malkin and Crosby, but we had a third and fourth line that could score. And I think we had I don't know. I don't know if you would agree. I think we had better defensemen. That was my next question. Who would you take? Would you take this core of defense? And I'm I'm really just going to save a top five. You want McDonough? You want? Are we talking about the 2014 or 2015 core? Yeah, uh, I mean uh, that that core where it was like you know you had McDonough, Girardi, Stall. Well, uh, no, but if you're talking about 2014, you have that elite top pairing of Anton Strawman and Ryan McDonough. Right, right, yeah. Right. Uh, all right, we'll take two, 2014. You probably take 2014, but 2015, yeah. Strawman went to Tampa, I think. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he, yeah, he played against us. Yeah, that was uh, that was I mean, that was fun. I just think this isn't. I I kind of like when I when I heard the the reason why. I Listen, there's no was, player on that team that had Adam Fox. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's there's no team. It's no. It's not. No, I, the the Rangers were not a defenseman scoring team. Yeah. No, they were a shutdown defenseman, and let's score. Let's let's get these two to one games. Literally, you, was, I believe had, in 2015. And you had, uh, and you had in 2015. I believe like ninety point ninety nine point nine of the playoff games were one goal games or two to one. Yeah. They they lost what was and it game, game seven. seven in the Eastern Conference Finals one nothing I think right and game oh, seven two nothing right? but one of them wasn't uh, no it wasn't an empty net two nothing two nothing two nothing yeah I unfortunately um, remember that game too long yeah uh, no I mean like it's just interesting because you look at that team defense and you look at this defense and I don't know I mean like I know that like this, this I'm just gonna say this defense young. has this defense has ten times the amount of upside. But they're mm-hmm. young. That's why they have more liability, but more upside. They're so young. But this is the thing that I always go back to, and it's just: Do you guys like how often did Lundqvist get hit or interfered with or anything? Well, he and had like, a nastiness to him that if you hit him, he would he would come back at you. Lundqvist did, but the players around him, like Girardi, McDonough, Stall, they would always just go over and, and like and, and very politely like shove the guys away. Like, so the Rangers are starting not to... They did that in the beginning of the season. I don't know what, if Gawant said something to him. I think because he came out in an interview saying, yeah, he can't. we can't let that happen with Shosturkin. Yeah. They started getting a lot more... Unless, unless you're I Lindgren. Hello. Lafren- no. Let's Lafren- just remember what Lindgren just did. Yeah. No, no, no. Lafreniere and Lindgren in overtime. I don't remember which team. They just went after him. That's yeah. what I want to see. It's, it, it was That was one of the most frustrating things of the Lundqvist era. It always happened. Where like it, they very rarely, if if Lundqvist got hit, there was repercussions, and it was the most fucking frustrating thing watching the games because I wanted to just go rip someone's head off. Oh, I wanted to murder <laughs> someone, dude! I wanted to murder someone during the Islander game. I I wanted to kill these refs. I want to murder a lot of people during Islanders games. No, but I'm saying the refs. I I've seen atrocious refs. Yeah, I know. Referee <laughs> games. That was bad. That was, was bad. really it bad. Was very bad yeah. If that's the playoffs, man, we're we're rioting straight up. I'll, I'll leave the riot. How about how about during the Carolina game when they blew the whistle tonight for no fucking? Oh my reason? gosh! What the hell was that? What was going on? So I I started I was yelling. Going nuts. I was yelling like I was it yelling obscenities, obscenities at my TV, and my dog was in the other room and came rushing in like something <laughs> happened, and he was like looking at me like, "What happened, Dad?" <laughs> Uh, you know you can't make those mistakes i remember i remember one whistles always always make problems i remember like one year uh i I think the jets were like i just want to interrupt you one sec okay just just one thing the reason why i'm doing this is because you guys remember pittsburgh versus nashville game six it cost nashville the game yeah 
Right. The, what was it? The Colton Sissons goal or something like that? Yeah. Was it Sisson? So, yeah. Or I think yeah. it was Arvidsson. It was some. It was something weird. I, it was yeah, 2017. I forget. That cost by him the, the way, game. By the way, um, it, um, one second. Jeff Merrick uh, just tweeted that sounds more and more like Jacob Chicken deal will be a summer draft day deal. Of course, they could change the one call, but Arizona's asking for a lot. Three yeah, that was earlier. Nobody the hit their yeah, price yeah, that wasn't. yet. Everyone, yeah, every, yeah we we they want someone else in, to yeah. pay for the suites in the arena. Exactly. <laughs> All right, I think though we're gonna. Uh, quickly, should we give the... them MSG for that? <laughs> no. Man. Well, what's these rumors rates. of MSG? What's this rumors of MSG moving? I mean, they actually have the actual blueprints now of switching it up. Well, you guys, you, you have you guys been to the Garden at all this year? Oh, yeah. Okay. Not... okay, so you you know like the the new like train station to the left or like not? Yeah, so it's to the west of the Garden. Where? Which one? I forget the name of it. It's like something Hall. Okay. I don't know. It, it's it's brand new. I mean, it looks beautiful. It used to be the library. Oh, I know you're talking about. I know yeah, you're they, talking. They renovated it all, and it looks really cool over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but apparently, they uh, that was like proposed to be the new garden, and the Rangers were like, "We're not fucking moving." <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, I heard that, but like, yeah, they're not fucking going anywhere. So so just to like ask this question, I'm just very curious, and I think all Rangers fans are curious. Do you think the Rangers are going to be early people in this trade landline? They're going to make their moves because their moves are not that complicating in a sense. No, I think Jerry's going to wait to the last. He's going to they, wait. They're yeah. going to wait till last second. Unless, think- unless the deal, unless Winnipeg comes and says, "Hey, we'll take your two seconds," the deal could happen tonight. But yeah. unless, uh, until the other teams, until other teams stop upping the trade offer, the Rangers got to got to keep on hanging on. Uh, by the way, we're I think we're going to stop here. But one thing before we go, everyone. Uh, I need well. You're one only one player. Who do you not want? Who do you believe will be a New York Ranger tomorrow? I'm I'm personally going with Phil Kessel. Uh, Shaga, let's start with you. Okay, so you want to go with who I don't want? Just, just yeah, no, just a, no, 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 just a quick one. Who who do you think? Okay, so my number one, I, I, I you know I I always wanted Raquel. That was something I always wanted. Uh, I think Kessel. I have to agree with you, even if we don't get cop. Or or Raquel, which I by think the way, it's either it one. could be it could be Cop and Kessel or Raquel and Kessel, but so it will my, never so be think, Raquel and Cop. Yeah, it won't be Raquel and Cop. That's Cop is a backup. Sorry, Raquel's a really I think even now a backup to Cop because as much as Raquel, you know, we already brought out how Raquel's really the player that we don't need another one, uh, but he is a right winger, so technically we need that. I'm gonna go with I, I want Kessel because I need that person that's the veteran. This team is a very young team that could use maybe a veteran to really straighten out this team, especially with the way that, um, that they like to play their five and five. I think Castle could really add into that. Uh, while cop may, I don't know if he'll be successful with this offense or not, but you know what? I'll, I'll go with Kessel. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say Kessel too, mainly because of his cap hit and we're one of the only teams that could take his cap hit fully, you know? Um, and I know some right. teams like, you know, anyone who is looking at him would need Arizona to retain some stuff. The Rangers are probably just offering a third round pick and they'll take the entire salary. doesn't matter. All right. So we're going to end off here. Uh, Luca, you want to punch in your tornado guys. He's the New York Rangers writer for inside the rink, the company we work for. Uh, you guys could, you know, look him up on the, what Twitter hands is going to give to you. Guys. It's Great a articles. lot of really, a lot of good articles. Um, so look at, you want to punch in your Twitter handle real quick before we get off? Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah. So I'm at L 
Big Calzone LP. Uh, so yeah, just L Big Calzone and then my initials LP. Uh, yeah, thanks guys. It was, it was fun to be on, guys. Um, oh wait, one more thing. Uh, we're doing a Jersey New York Rangers jersey giveaway. If you want, our Twitter handle is in the description. You go to that, you retweet and follow us, and you got yourselves a chance at a free jersey. Uh, we'll punch in Luca's uh, Twitter handle also in our. Uh, you know, when we announce the uh, podcast episode tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. All the best. And if you want to get high X contract, please watch. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>